0: beyond
1: synth 365 beyond synth radio that's what this is it's the top of the hour which means it's time for marco and andy to spin the best in new synth wave it's the marco and andy power hour
0: It's for Marco and Andy. Hour, hour.
2: With Andy last. Well, you know I love Goldeneye. And Marco Merrick. I'm from fucking Australia. Hey, <laughs> right, we're going. Okay, Picasso. Okay, man, uh, do the uh, do the intro. <laughs>
3: I knew, and I'm not prepared at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's only been like two months since we recorded. It's been two months, yes. Like it's a long time in uh,
2: in the synth world. Okay. Mm. Uh,
3: hey, hey, everybody! Welcome to Marco and Andy's
2: Power Hour. Yes, that is correct. So, I guess uh, listeners of the show might be wondering. Wait, how are we recording? Isn't Andy's internet broken? Should we have like a drum roll? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Andy's internet. Has been fixed. That's right. So that was one month. You went one month
3: with no internet? Yeah. Was that a... Fuck, that was probably the worst month of your life.
2: (laughs) You know what? (laughs) It was... Okay, it was frustrating because um, I wasn't able to record the show, obviously, because in reality, like, you and I have not recorded together in two months, because the last time we recorded was the the roundtable episode. So that's the weird thing, because I felt a little disconnected from people. Mm -hmm. And I actually said this at the end of last week's show. I might as well say this now to you, that... You know, a lot of times we'll we'll be done recording and then you'll be like, I don't know why you have me on, mate, or whatever, you know, like when we talk behind the scenes. I need to tell you now that a large driving force of this really is me... Chatting with my friends and stuff, Mm -hmm. and that actually really does give me the energy to produce the show. Okay, when I wasn't able to record episodes with you, you missed me. Well, I don't have the energy (laughs) to make the show because part of me goes, "Well, I could just do solo shows, right?" You know, while my internet's broken, I can still record by myself and go down to Tim Hortons and you know release episodes where it's just me talking. Mm -hmm. And dude, I just no energy to do it. It's like a lot of the energy really does come from chatting with other people. That's kind of where i get my energy from yep, so, yeah so yeah you, so you guys are all actually like uh, really important parts of this because when they're not there like i can't i actually can't really make the show like i just have no drive to yeah well it's hard you got nobody to bounce off or you know to feedback or anything like that Especially it
3: feels like you're talking to yourself you know i mean well, a little
2: and you are and like <laughs> the older format of the show i did you know do the first half hour of just me but since it was building towards an interview with a guest that was still okay. It was like, oh, you know, I want to play a few songs before I get to the guest. But uh, lately, I just, I don't know, it's weird. So I just don't feel like doing that. Well, the main thing is you got your internet back, though. Yes, it? and it's a fucking such a stupid story, uh, but I want to listen to a song first, and then also uh, we watched a movie. I made you watch the sequel to Hard Ticket to Hawaii, <laughs> and uh, so we watched that. Picasso Trigger yeah. is what it's called, and it was definitely uh, disappointing. <laughs> I, def- so- I definitely will not be watching the sequel after that. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Let's put it that way. <laughs> I think I'm done with that series.
2: Now, I've uh, I've done a little theme to my songs this week, uh, my Picks. I didn't tell you in advance that I was doing that, so Great. you just picked a bunch of songs that you thought were cool, Great. and I have picked a bunch of songs that all deal with fire because right now uh, my country is on fire, and uh, you guys are getting all the smoke. You smoked me out, you bastard. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. It's actually really been messing
3: with uh, a lot of people's health. My lungs are really bad. One night, it's nasty. I've never, I've never really experienced anything like that. I mean, in Australia, we get a lot of bushfires, and and you know, you will get smoke. ...blow through, but it only lasts for like a day or two, Mm. and then usually... Like, it's quite windy, so the wind will blow it away, and it's never that thick. I mean, this was like some thick-ass smoke, damn. Yeah, man,
2: I've been I've been congested, and it's been so weird, and I didn't even put it together that it was the smoke. Hey, look, <laughs> we'll talk about this, but we're going to listen to some music first. What do you mean you didn't put it together? You didn't smell it? Well, no, I smelled it, but, like, I thought I, I, thought I had a cold. Look, oh. look we're going to listen to some music. We'll keep <laughs> All talking. Right. All right, I want to listen to this one. This is one of my faves from uh, Droid Bishop. This is Through the Fire. Nice pick, yeah. Yeah. Okay. through the fire by droid bishop we're recording this show through the fire right now yeah because canada is uh, on fire you guys still on fire um yeah because there was like hundreds of wildfires i don't even know how they count them you know it would just be on the radio just like and there now there's 300 wildfires and i know they're sending in people from other countries but it's like i don't what can you do like i know when people want to complain and i get it just like oh the fucking government sucks but it's like what do you do when there's 300 <laughs> wildfires? Like I mean, I mean like- were they
3: accidental? I mean, I presume they were. That's just a lot of fires, man. You know, how does that happen?
2: Well, uh, part of it. <laughs> I don't want to upset my audience, but part of it is climate change. Uh oh. Because we're experiencing like a dry period. Yeah, so have we. And so we're going to have more of those extremes moving forward, right? So you just get, if you just get mm. like fucking three weeks of no rain in the summertime and peak fucking forest fires. And you, the joke is. Not a joke, but we're not even in forest fire season yet. I know, I know. That's what's crazy. That's supposed to be in like a month from now or like two months from now. So, and I mean peak wildfire season. That's like July, August, and like to be clear, just so you goofs don't write me letters. I don't mean <laughs> climate change started the fire. I believe most fires are caused by like people or lightning, but mostly people. Mm. But the the thing is, like with the warming temperatures, uh, you just have like a drier forest, and once a fire starts, it's easier to spread. And it spreads faster, and it's harder to contain. So you've got, you know, like uh, extreme weather. Like you, we've had no rain for three weeks, and we had uh, a mild winter, so there was less snowfall. And so when we have a normal amount of snow, that melts and then keeps the forest floor um, more wet. I get—I <laughs> don't know what the term is. I mean, that's what happened, you know, a few years ago in like San Francisco area when there was like that orange. gonna say. the old orange sky. Everybody in California is like, oh, you're new to the game? (laughs) Like, (laughs) this is normal for us. (laughs) But yeah, I didn't even... mm. See, because our air was, like, not as bad as the pictures I've seen from, like, New York. Right. But it was hazy. Like, you know, if you looked in the distance, it looked like fog, and you could smell burning. And um, I was getting a cold. I I didn't even put it together, so I'm just complaining to my wife, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, how do I have a cold? It's the summertime. Like, I'm congested, and I have to keep, like, blowing my nose, Mm. and my throat was so... Sore. No,
3: me too. I had a sore throat. Uh, my nose was all congested, and my lungs I was coughing and shit. It was pretty bad. Like, normally, I didn't think it would affect me that much, but after a couple of days, it really did. So, thankfully, it's it's pretty much gone now, I think. So, maybe the wind's blowing the other way or something. Hopefully, it doesn't change again. Jesus. I don't think I can handle much more. No,
2: it's fucked. I'm going to, like, look into this, because I don't even really know how they fight these fires. Exactly. With water, Andy. No, Usually I with water. <laughs> It's nice to uh, talk to you again, Marco.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you love my humor. Well, you were saying there's all firefighters from around the world. You actually took 400 firefighters from New York State as well. To, so thankfully, we haven't had too many fires here ourselves.
2: Yeah, it's wacky. I mean, like, because I know they have those planes that fly over and drop water. But imagine flying one of those. Yeah. Like, you're going into the heart of like a fire where there's all that smoke. Like, you wouldn't be able to see what you were doing. Like, it seems like it would be very, very difficult. Difficult, Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure, yeah. and it's hot Mm. some people i know they have got a cottage up in sort of more northern ontario and i guess maybe their cottage is gone now yeah but uh Because of the weather up there, not only was there a ton of fires, but the firefighters had to contend with just the bugs. Really? Because it's like, you know, like an area by like a lake and shit. And so like they're just getting fucking attacked by bugs, like trying to fight the fire and having to fight off like, you know, mosquitoes and like all that shit. Yeah, I'm I'm thankful every day that my worst problem was that I didn't have internet for a month and I wasn't fighting a wildfire. That's
3: a fucking serious problem, okay? I would would probably go nuts
2: (laughs) for one whole month. That's pretty bad Well play me a song And then I'll tell you The uh, the dumb story of my life Okay I'm <laughs> yeah, looking forward to it
3: uh, Alright So there's a new one out From synth group TV players it's, it's more than one person Isn't it I think Sure Yeah okay We'll, make, we'll say it's more than one person <laughs> And uh, they got a new track That's come out It's really good uh, It's called Signs
2: Signs by TV players, and we're back with a Marco and Andy power hour. We're talking about wildfires, we're talking about the internet. So, my internet was out for a month, right? You know, we're uh, three weeks in and my company the fiber company would not tell me when they were going to fix it no that's fine and that was the most frustrating thing they wouldn't even give me an eta and i was like i don't think they're going to fix it like that's how i truly felt yeah so then i'm like well fuck this i'm going to start calling around other companies mm-hmm. and just get internet from someplace else in the meantime knowing full well i have to go back to the fiber because it's so fast right it's so much better than the other ones so i signed up to the dsl company that my dad used to be with like the phone line internet mm-hmm. i ordered starlink and it was like, just, well, whenever these things fucking... Whoever gets here first, you know what I mean? Like, just as long as we have some internet in the house. Because I had been going to Tim Hortons every day in the morning... <laughs> to, like, read emails and shit. So, last Friday, the Starlink arrives. And so, the rest of my day is setting up that. Um, and I put it on the roof and ran a cable just through the window and shit. Right. Starlink actually works, and it works pretty well... If you got a good, nice, clear uh, shot of the sky. And so, at that point, the Starlink was actually good enough... For everything we needed. Okay. Like, I didn't notice any slowdown. I started, like, recording some stuff, and I'm like, okay, like, this this works fine. So then uh, three days later... Uh, the DSL guy comes Just turns up Just turns up to do the phone line <laughs> the phone line modem thing <laughs> Right Not to get into it But you know there's like the competition clause shit in, in this country So like you know Bell The, the, the phone company yeah. Bell They own all the lines Because they put them in like you know years ago Right But there's a monopoly clause thing That like if you're a small company You can actually supply internet and phone services But you sort of have to use Bell's lines
3: Yeah we have the same thing in Australia as well It's the same, exact same thing yeah
2: So Mm. even though you get internet from a different company, a fucking technician from Bell has to come to the house and activate the thing. What? It has to be a Bell technician. Anyway. Wow. So it took them two weeks because, I mean, on the last episode of the show, I, I literally got called from the company because when I ordered the DSL internet, the lady never put the order in. And she calls me four days later and goes like, oh, I forgot to order it. I'm like, awesome. Oh, God. So he shows up. This is now literally like... 12 days after I ordered it, okay? Mm -hmm. And then he sets up the fucking modem, and then in the afternoon, the fiber guys come and fix the the line. (laughs) So now, (laughs) I've gone from no internet to having three internet providers simultaneously, and now I have to awkwardly, like, cancel stuff I just signed up for?
3: Well, I hope you didn't pay any installation fees. That's all I could say, because... I don't think they're going to refund that. That's all.
2: No, I mean, okay, so Starlink you don't have contracts, so I'm going to keep it the dish because you buy the dish. Yeah. And so that's just going to be like, uh, hey man, if we ever need backup, like we've got it if we if we need to because it's 150 bucks a month. So like that would be a very yeah, expensive backup. Yeah. My life is hilarious. Like like it literally happened the same day. <laughs> like you couldn't <laughs> you couldn't ask for a more stupid cuz I honestly with the way with the service I was getting from uh, the fiber company, I was like for sure they're not fixing this. thing. Like until this fall. Clearly, we're not a priority. That's crazy. And uh, then they did fix it after a month. And then I'm talking to the workers. I'm just like, yeah, it's been out for a month. They're like, what? Well, that's too long. I'm like, I know. No shit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's too long, Andy. (laughs) So, uh, what
3: did they say the problem was?
2: In the end, you know? In the end, it was, there was a kink in the cable. A kink in the cable. Christ. Fiber cable is incredibly delicate. So some fucking idiot put a
3: kink in the cable. That's great.
2: Yeah, basically, you know, the company that installed all the lines, Mm. they're like a construction company. They're not necessarily, like, fiber guys. Oh, God. And so it's quite possible that they just, you know, they were just shoving all the lines in. And, of course, mine was one of the ones that, like, bumped against the side as it was being pushed (laughs) through and then fucking, uh, you know, got kinked or whatever. Mm. So anyways. The point is, the internet's on now, so the listeners can relax. Cool. And talk about Picasso Trigger after you fucking play me a song. Yeah, that's right.
3: Yeah, it's good. I, I kind of missed you, Andy. It's nice chatting with you again. Mm. I feel like there's a lot's happened, I guess. Yeah. I,
2: I didn't uh, have the internet. That's what happened.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, all right. So there's a new track out by artist called Voltage. He's been around a while, makes really good music, very high production value on his stuff. He hails from Leipzig, Germany. And uh, his new one, which is super addictive, is called Starflight.
2: And that was Starflight by Voltage. And uh, we're back. Marco and Andy Power Hour. So we're all caught up, I think. I think so. If the audience has any questions confusion, they know what's going on now, the internet's back, there's fire, and you and I watched Picasso Trigger, which is the sequel to Hard Ticket to Hawaii. There's actually like five sequels. Far out. Basically, they're just sequels because the characters of Donna and Taryn are in... Oh, no! Donna and Taryn are only in the trilogy. No, I think Taryn eventually isn't part of it anymore, Mm -hmm. like the other blonde girl, and then uh, Donna goes on to a few other movies where she's still playing the character of Donna. Oh, I see. You know, that, that, that important character yeah it's all the same director i believe yes yeah yeah, yeah that's Sidaris. yep i uh, i don't know why i did this but i i'm just looking over this i took so many notes while i was watching this and this movie you sucks really enjoyed this well no that's the thing it's like this is not worth <laughs> this is not worth the amount of notes i took not you should notes. see the screen it's like literally like like five pages
3: of notes dude <laughs> This movie was so bad, I kept fucking, I was watching it in the living room, and uh, my wife kept walking in, and then my mother-in-law, my father-in-law walked through, always on the nude scenes. Yep. I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. It was like, it was getting embarrassing, man. It's not a porno, okay? It's actually an action movie. Well, I will say,
2: <laughs> there is a lot of nudity in this one, but the scenes were shorter. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed, it was like, like yeah, a chick would shorter. take her top off, you'd see her tits, and then the scene would sort of end right after that. Right. So it was still sort of like, we got the nudity, but then the scene would cut. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I don't know why when you watch embarrassing movies with nudity, there's like this weird magnetic energy to the room where like everyone just needs to talk to you at that moment.
3: It's fucking annoying.
2: (laughs) And like even as I was finishing the movie today, like my my wife and kids just come in because they were going to go for a bike ride and I thought they were gone already. And so I press play and I'm watching and then right as a stupid sex scene happens, they just come in like, "Okay, we're leaving now. I'm like, fuck me. Like, (laughs) it's like I have to like hide away in my office to watch this movie like a fucking perv uh, and, and yeah. it's, like, it's like it's supposed to be an action movie and like i feel like a fucking creep I tell everybody Andy picked it you
3: fucking tell him he's the pervert well I w- i'm just <laughs> i'm just doing research okay
2: for the show well i was hoping um the first movie is still stupid but it does have these big awesome moments uh, you know like the fucking the bazooka with that dude in the air and the blow-up doll and that shit so i was kind of hoping that this movie would have some of that and there is some stuff that blow ups and there and there was some laughs, but I don't know, it just lacked some of the uh yeah, it lacked the charm, definitely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah.
3: I love it how they just basically fucking so they replaced Ron Moss character, Rowdy or whatever, with some other guy and then yeah. continued the the thing where he can't shoot anything. Yeah. Although in this one, it's really annoying because he literally does nothing until the very end. Yeah. He's hopeless. <laughs>
2: How is he an agent? There was a part in the movie where I was like, is he meant to be playing the same character because he has the exact same character traits as fucking Ron Moss? Right. But he's not. He is a different character. He's called Travis. And there's something fucking hilarious that I didn't notice until the end of the movie. What's that? Well, I, I kept on looking at him. I'm like, what a weird looking guy. Like, there's something about him that it reminded me of something. So just for everyone knows, like Ron Moss was the, uh, he's the soap opera guy who was in the first movie who went on to fucking Bolden the Beautiful or whatever. And then so there's a new guy who I guess is like the lead male in this movie. It's hard to tell because there's like 14 lead characters and like 20 villains, (laughs) and so it's like at some point I'm I'm writing down their names, like who the fuck are these people? You know, he looks like what Troy McClure would look like in real life. Oh my god, (laughs) dude! There's a shot at the end, you know, where he's making out with Donna on the beach. Mm -hmm. And they're just sitting on the beach And he's got like these wrinkles under his eyes (laughs) When he's like smiling And he's got this sort of stilted mouth And there's this one freeze frame where I'm like He looks fucking like Troy McClure (laughs) From The Simpsons
0: Hi I'm Troy McClure you may remember me from such educational films as 2 minus 3
2: equals negative fun and Firecrackers, the silent killer. Listen, yep. let's listen to a song and then we'll fucking... Uh, okay. I, I keep on saying and then we'll get into it. <laughs> I got an awesome here, uh, one here from the Astral Stereo Project. Uh, Neil's a cool guy. Actually, he just sent me a, a pre-release of his upcoming album and it's actually really good, so I, I'm excited. But this is uh, from uh, one of his older albums, Bastard Squad. This is Wheels on Fire. <laughs> All right. was Wheels on Fire by the Astral Stereo Project from the album Bastard Squad. I'm here with Marco. We're talking about Picasso. Trigger, the sequel (laughs) to Hard Ticket to Hawaii. So the movie starts, and I think they're kind of going for like a James Bond opening with this one. Yes.
3: But the lead character's name is Steve Bond as well. Literally, that's his
2: name. (laughs) It's
3: like, fucking what the hell?
2: I almost thought that too. I'm like, did they just cast this guy because his name is Steve Bond so that (laughs) his title could be at the start? (laughs) Because it's playing this super dramatic music. And it's got the words Picasso Trigger, and then there's, like, gunshot sounds, and then, like, red lines appear over the word Trigger. There's one name in the credits. I don't know who this guy was playing or if he was a producer or something, but the guy's name was, like, Geech Kook? Do you see this name? It was G-U-I-C-H-K-O-O-C-K. How the fuck do you say that? Fucking Geech Geech get Like... Fucking geech kook. <laughs> and then they uh, they introduced uh, Roberta Vazquez as Pantera because this movie is completely filled with just Playboy models. Didn't have enough already, right? Yeah. At first when the movie starts, I'm like, oh, so is the Picasso trigger, like, is it going to be like a secret weapon? That's what I thought, yeah. And it just turns out it's just like the code name of some guy.
0: It's amazing how just a few million dollars allows him to ignore that the Picasso trigger is actually your code name.
2: Well, what made me laugh was... uh Miguel Ortiz Like one of the bad guys Is played by The guy who played Seth In the last movie Yeah That's right Who is afraid of snakes And he like literally Acts exactly the same (laughs) His whole plot is He's getting revenge On this agency For killing his brother But he's not playing The brother of Seth so strange He's just playing a different character and it's just like just seemed like a weird missed opportunity yeah. but of course like the, this movie gets so complicated because there's 20 bad guys and then there's 20 good guys just like the first movie it's sort of unclear it's like who's meant to be the lead of this thing because if it's donna and taryn and, like the two blonde ladies who work for molokai cargo or whatever they don't come into the movie for a long time
1: <laughs> who do you think would want us dead could be any number of people you don't think they crack my cover do you no impossible federal government wouldn't allow that to happen to you i sure hope you're right
2: Everything in this movie is way more complicated than anything needs to be. So, like, every time someone wants to assassinate somebody, there's, like, ten steps to the plan where they could just so easily just kill them, like... And at the very start of the movie, Ortiz sends a VHS tape of himself to the other bad guy's house to, like, explain the plan. Just another just overcomplication where it's, like, they don't have a phone call or anything (laughs) like that. So it's just this shot of, like, this car parking in front of a mansion, then a guy slowly getting out, handing another guy... A package. Then the butler takes the package, brings it inside, walks inside, then hands the package to the fucking one bad guy. Then he says, "Open the package." Then inside the package That's is a tape so that they didn't yeah. the tape in the machine, and then it's just fucking Ortiz just telling that guy the plan. And it's like, why did I just watch five minutes of like oh no. people parking and getting out of cars and <laughs> getting into rooms and handing people packages just to have a guy explain a plot? Like it was so <laughs> stupid.
3: I love it how they page each other too like during all this they, they're paging each other all the bad guys you know after they assassinate each other with the stupid one-liners like they're not even funny they're just so bad you gotta shake your head you know well
2: that's another thing I, I didn't quite understand yeah cause like there was this th- motif at the start of the film where the bad guys were taking out like secret agents and every time they did they would say like a rhyme about it because yeah. there's like that homing device and the flowers that they give to the, the the blonde dude and that other agent guy mm. the, the bad guy kills him and it's just like the, the men with the flowers are dead this hour or something the
1: ones with the flower have been scattered this hour let's go
2: the ones with the flower
1: they have been scattered this hour Glenn and Peter have scored
2: and what was the other one? give them a lay and blow them away yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know? I was like why is this going to be like a running theme and then they just don't do it again I'm like what is yeah. this like I just don't even know what it is
1: <laughs> give them a lay blow them away <laughs> tell them a poet Glenn I know
2: there was this one line that made me laugh was like at the very start of the thing when they, the the guy is finally like explaining the plan of like the bad guy's plan, and then it's like we take the first steps towards complete revenge. <laughs> it's just such a dumb move. That's <laughs> pretty bad.
1: With your leadership, your support. We have taken the first step towards complete revenge.
2: Anyway, look, we, we got to keep talking about it, but you got to play me some uh, music. All right. Well, uh, there's a new one out from
3: Allison and Emil Rotmeier. There's some really cool stuff going on in the chill synth scene at the moment. I, I feel like there's a lot of collaborations. A lot of the talented artists are working together, and, and it's really good to see. Yeah, well, which is great, you know, and uh, this one's no exception. Uh, so this is Allison and Emil Rotmeier with a new track system.
2: And that was System by Allison and Emil Rottenmeier. So this must make you very happy, because these are all these artists that you always like playing in the chill synth stuff and then seeing them team up.
3: Yeah, it's really cool. Um, I think last time we are on the show, they had a three-way collaboration, and it's just happening all over the place. I think Allison just has a new one out with, uh, oh, Jesus, I'm going to fuck it up. I can't remember if it's Hotel Pools or something like yeah, that. I yeah, yeah. I got a uh, email. From Bandcamp for it. So it, it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. And you know how much I love my chill sense. So. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. It's really good stuff. I think I actually picked up that song and I think it was in an upcoming playlist. And I was thinking, like, Marco's going to choose this one <laughs> at some point the, uh, the, the Allison Hotel Pools one. <laughs> anyway, back to this stupid fucking movie. <laughs> 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 yeah. What do you say? Uh, this movie is made up of so many boring and unnecessary shots. I think that was one of the things where like every scene starts like a minute too soon. Every time they go somewhere, there's like unnecessary driving shots and then you see them park yeah. and you see them get out of the car and then walk into the building and like cut to the inside of the building where they're walking in now. And then it's just like, it's so it's terrible editing. Yes. Terrible. This movie could have been probably like half an hour shorter mm. and like literally would be the exact same film. Like if you just cut cut out all these stupid every scene starting with unnecessary nonsense (laughs) yeah big time give them a lay blow them away
1: Next stop on this tour maui seven miles across the bay we'll put a stop to that squealing bitch who testified against my brother
3: Well, well, there's definitely the Bond angle, I believe, in this one. They try to push it a little bit more because there's a lot more uh, international scenes as well. Like, uh, they're in Vegas, and then I think there's a shot in Paris. There's L.A. So they kind of trying to add a little bit of that, but it's just so cheaply done that it it really doesn't have any of that charm whatsoever. No, Um, (laughs) no. I, I also love how, you know, then they try to have the professor guy, who's just a guy with the... What is he wearing? Like, he's just, it's just ridiculous. He's on the beach and his shirt's open.
2: Did they call him the professor in the first movie? I thought he was just the guy who ran Molokai Cargo. Yeah, I don't think he was the
3: professor. They kind of glamorized his role a little bit more, I believe.
1: I built this car for Terran. Instructions are inside. Looks harmless enough. All right. But also wrong. When you attach the explosives, this car takes on a whole new meaning. This is very nice of you, Professor. Well, I know how women like to receive presents.
2: <laughs> yeah, because he's, he's just that old guy who. Uh, yeah. It's like you know, he he had the grip of one of the best lines in the last movie because he's the one who has to call them <laughs> and tell them about the fucking snake. Oh, yeah, okay. that's right. <laughs> yeah, like <a> d-
3: d- <laughs> <laughs> that's what this one was missing, like something cool like that. Just so random, a fucking snake infected by uh, a virus from um, poisonous rats or some fucking yeah, shit yeah, like yeah. that. We
1: had a snake delivered here for the Department of Health. Now that snake has been infected by deadly toxins from cancer-infested rats. It's a very dangerous
3: snake. It'll kill anybody it comes in contact with.
2: <laughs> the fucking snake is awesome. <laughs> oh, oh, and before I forget, if you're listening to this on the podcast feed, you have a few days until Future Sounds Miami 89 in London. So if you're in the London area on June 17th, there's an event I did a silly ad for on Instagram, but it's a live show with DJ Sets and uh, Morgan Willis and Future Cop and Iverson and New Arcades are performing. And if you're watching the YouTube version of this episode, then the event... Is over, but if you're listening to this episode uh, when it drops, you should have at least a day or two to uh, grab tickets and head out to Miami 89 in uh, London on June 17th. So go to um, future sounds.uk. And you know what? Let's uh, listen to a song. And then we'll keep chatting. But don't forget about future-sounds.uk if you're in the London area and want to see a show. So, uh, look, this is another one of my favorite fire songs. This is Quest for Fire by Pilot Priest. Priest with Quest for Fire, and I'm back. With Marco, we're talking about this shit film, Picasso Trigger, <laughs> and um, I should probably explain the plot of this thing so listeners aren't confused. So at the start, there's this painting that's called the Picasso Trigger, but then the rich guy donating it turns out to be the Picasso Trigger, which is like his code name because he's like a bad guy. And then we cut to Travis, who's like the new mm. the new lead male guy, the fucking uh, uh, the Troy McClure guy, and he's just <laughs> sitting on a boat wearing like a green banana hammock, and he's got this cool little. Satellite phone. See?
3: He has got the same boat as the lead in the first one. It's the same boat.
2: Because I was expecting, okay, fine, you know, that guy went on to do Bold and the Beautiful, so he wasn't going to come back for the sequel. But I, it's interesting that they didn't have any lines of dialogue, because I thought there'd be, like, something to just go, like, where is so-and-so? Oh, he's yeah. away on a mission. But I don't think they did. Yeah, which is really weird. Yeah, he's just taking over his boat.
3: I don't know if he's supposed to be his brother. I mean, his name's completely different. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. What the fuck? They don't explain anything, really. It, that is odd, for sure.
2: So, we cut to the conclusion. Casino, you mentioned, like, there's these casino scenes in Vegas where, like, these two uh, Playboy ladies do, like, these country-western-style sexy dances or something. Oh, it's so bad. They're secret agents, too. One of them's called Patty Cakes. I don't remember the other one. Patty Cakes, that's right. (laughs) So every single woman in this movie is a secret agent. So hot. Because I never realized Edie's a secret agent, too. Right. (laughs) Who runs that restaurant. And then, like, anyway. So they're there, and they're doing, like, these stupid dances. And then there's the henchman. I think his name was Glenn. And they see that there's these two other dudes, this blonde dude Mm -hmm. and this old guy, who are also secret agents, like good guys, but then the bad guys know that they're secret agents. So then Glenn hides a homing device in some flowers that he gives to some lady and says, give these flowers to those two agent guys, then the agent guys actually wear the flowers on their coat so that then Glenn can follow them into the desert with a helicopter and shoot them with a bazooka while they're driving. So elaborate. You could have
3: just shot him right
2: fucking there. I know. And why they needed a homing device to just follow them drive in the desert because I'm like, oh, they're going to go back to their base. But it was literally just to follow them as they just drove into the desert for no reason and then like that scene did make me laugh because the blonde dude just like narrated the whole encounter yeah. with like the dubbed in dialogue like as they're getting chased by the helicopter it's just like where's my gun that chopper's got a bazooka they're gonna shoot us you know just stuff like that <laughs> like it did make me laugh there's a lot of uh, exploding vehicles in this movie which is all right yeah there is what
1: the hell's that what damn That chopper's got a bazooka. But we'll get
3: And the the gadgets are terrible. I mean, it's literally just a a, a range of things with dynamite on it. That's literally it. It's like, there's really nothing advanced or technical about it. You've got like a spear with dynamite. Yeah. Then you've got uh, a remote control car with dynamite. Like, wow, that's real unique. And then uh, the best one, when I saw it, I was just shaking my head, was a boomerang with dynamite. My first thought was, I hope it doesn't work properly because it's going to come straight back to you and blow you (laughs) up. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that was a weird one. I mean, you could literally just throw the dynamite. Yes. Why do you need the boomerang? I don't understand. They're that close. They could have just thrown dynamite or a grenade, you know. (laughs) And then the best device, this was high tech, was the crutch that had the electronic uh, control on it. You remember that thing?
2: Well, that one I didn't even... (laughs) We'll save that for later because, like, that (laughs) one is so stupid but I, whatever. <laughs> we got um, to listen to another song. So um, okay. I'd like to listen to this one. A classic from the, uh, the album Turbulence by Miami Nights This is Streets on Fire. was Streets on Fire by Miami Nights 1984 from the album Turbulence and we're back Marco and I are talking about Picasso Trigger and um, I was looking at the cast because I was like you know this time I want to make sure I say characters names because it might get confusing <laughs> mm. you know on IMDB it's tough because like half the actors don't have pictures associated with them because they're not actors True. so <laughs> so it's hard to tell like who is this guy who the fuck was Hondo but there was uh, we go back to uh, to Edie's restaurant from the first movie but there's only one scene there and then she just gets the job and then leaves and that's when we see uh, Mr. Ortiz or whatever like the the bad guy the Seth guy and then uh, we meet two other bad guys these two bros who are outside Edie's restaurant who just assassinate this one couple for no reason (laughs) yeah Hi, this is Andy from the future. I was listening back while editing the show, and I was wrong. It turns out there was a reason they shot that couple. Uh, because they were also secret agents. (laughs) Fuck this movie. (laughs)
1: side give him a lay
2: there's this blonde dude called hondo and then there's this guy with dark hair and that guy with dark hair is the guy who played sub-zero in mortal kombat annihilation
1: you must go there will be others i killed you in a tournament
0: you killed my older brother
2: The dude looks horribly miscast as Sub-Zero. He's got like the stripe down his face because it's like the MK3 version. Oh, yeah. And he's only in one scene and then he leaves and he never shows up in the movie again. Uh, Anyway, it was him. So that was nice. So then we finally see Donna and Taryn, the main girls from the first movie, at the 17-minute mark into this film, and that's their first scene. <laughs> and then 20 seconds into their first scene, they're taking their clothes off. oh yeah. And then it's just like, oh, there they are. And then Donna's like, huh, I'm going to go take a shower. And then it just <laughs> they're taking a shower. And then uh, the porn music starts. So Hondo and fucking Sub-Zero, they've got a remote control plane with dynamite on it, which they then fly into the boat that Donna and Taryn are in, but of course Donna and Terran aren't there at the time. So they're flying a remote control plane with a bomb to blow up the boat. The boat that they know that those girls are in, which means they know where they live. Yeah. So, like, they could kill them any which way. And then fucking uh, Ortiz is also watching this happen, but from a different location. So he's on just, like, another hill somewhere, and then he has to phone them to tell them to detonate the bomb.
3: Yes, Mr. Ortiz,
1: I read you loud and clear, sir. Do it. It'll be sweet revenge for me
2: like if you want these women dead like just shoot them like I don't understand mm-hmm. why why Mr. Ortiz has to give the okay to detonate the bomb from a different location like it's just so stupid but they're all watching the boat yeah, it's so fucking I dumb and then they didn't even
3: kill them anyway it was so elaborate in the end they weren't even in the fucking boat it was like oh my god that
1: is adorable but why is it circling our boat I don't know it's getting awfully close it's gonna hit it
2: and then, of course, I love that Donna and Taryn, they realize they're being hunted, but then there's no drama to it. They just turn around like, oh, their boat blew up. Huh. Then they just go hitchhiking and get a ride on a Jeep with some guy. And then it plays like this awesome music, like while they're riding in the Jeep.
1: Hey, can we have a lift? Where you are in is heading? To the sugar cane train. Hop in. Let's go. Okay.
2: then they hop aboard the sugar cane train it feels like they were just like filming at like tourist locations
3: i know and it's so weird like straight after they, that as if you would do that you're just acting like nothing yeah, i love
2: it too because they're wearing these bright fluorescent bikinis so they yeah. completely stand out and it's like they're just driving on the sugarcane train i wonder who's trying to kill us huh and like just like just the horrible acting yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. who do you think would want us dead could be any number of people
3: and then they're flirting with some fucking random surf dudes. I wonder if that's a snorkel in his pocket. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then he pulls out a snorkel out of his... Oh, well, it is. It's so blasé about it. All yeah, look...
1: Love- <laughs> so, what do you think? That blonde's looking over here. I think he likes me. He's well, it's not bad looking. I might just make my move. Is that a snorkel in his pocket, or is he just happy to see me? <laughs> it's a snorkel, Taron. I'm having
2: a bad day. I love how, like, horny the women are in these movies. Yeah, it's great. Because, like, every every scene is always them just, like, looking at some dude and then just making some, like, sex comment or whatever. Like, it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> this is something I do love about Donna's character. Yeah. She's very, like, sexually assertive. Like, in the first movie, yeah. the, just where she just drops the towel in front of fucking Ron Moss, just like, oh, try this. And just fucking, and then this <laughs> movie, she does the same thing with the other guy. Yeah. Because uh, she doesn't like Pantera. Yeah. They have, like, this sort of cat relationship and then he's like uh, oh you're jealous she's like I don't have a jealous bone in my body check it out and then he just turns around and she's fucking posed naked you're jealous jealous
1: I don't have a jealous
2: bone
1: in my body is that a fact
2: And then, like, the scene goes on for so long that she starts laughing. Because, like, it just holds. (laughs) I think that laugh was real. Because it was just like, why is this scene still happening? Because she's, like, kind of holding a stupid pose with her leg in the air. But uh, speaking of... (laughs) I'm trying to segue to a song. Uh,
3: (laughs) Speaking of hot tits. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, play play me something.
3: Uh, You want me to play something? All right, I got a new one out here from Panthera. Um, Actually kind of rather fitting with that character Mm. from the movie. It's called Demon. Uh, This is a a really high-energy, awesome new Italo disco track. Definitely strong disco vibes through it.
2: And that was panthera with the track demon that was a cool song and we're back we're talking about picasso trigger i love how it, at the end
3: it turns out that panthera is a double agent or whatever she's working for the bad guys and then the other girl's like she knew all along you know and then she tells him he's like i, I knew it I oh yeah, knew yeah. It. it's <laughs> like, oh, fine, but i fucked her anyway yeah, yeah. it's like it's <laughs> I just compromised the whole mission, but, and he almost died at the end, you know, she almost killed him.
2: Yeah, in really an obvious stupid way as well. The whole, like, the whole structure of this film was terrible, because, like, it just keeps on introducing characters, you don't really understand how they're connected, but you recognize just, you know some of the good guys from the first movie, so at the 28 minute mark, I was, I was looking at the clock, they reintroduce Jade, who's the karate guy with the long hair from mm-hmm. the first one, yeah. who I guess is working undercover at, like, a dolphin park, like one of those like marine land type things. That's so ridiculous. Which again, I think is just, they just, we just filming at all the tourist locations they could. Oh yeah, for sure. And then Donna's on the phone like, they blew up our boat. I think they're trying to kill us.
1: I've got some good news and some bad news. The good news is the samples you sent for, they're safe. Bad news is the boat we were on has been blown up. I think somebody's trying to kill us.
2: So, Travis goes to visit Pantera Because I guess they, at this point they still think she's, like, good And then she just answers the door in sexy lingerie Because I guess they, they banged in college or something How long's it been?
0: You were captain of the football team And I was just another one of your
1: conquests No, 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 no You were special
2: So were you the thing about this movie was, like, the last movie made me laugh a lot more. Yeah, for sure. The one scene that made me laugh in this one wasn't even really an action scene. It was the scene here where she goes, I'm going to go get changed. So she comes out in a sexy outfit, but then goes gets changed into normal clothes. And then he's sitting there with her cat. That's right. And he's petting her cat. And she's like, you know, I trust my cat. If, if they like you, then uh, then I like you. Mm, God. And then he's like, yeah, mm-hmm. cats are crazy about me. <laughs> it's just <laughs> the weirdest scene. <laughs>
1: I see you've met Samson. Yeah. I trust him.
0: And if he likes you, I like you.
1: Cat's crazy about me.
0: Seems that way.
2: What a weird scene of dialogue. It's just (laughs) (laughs) fucking.
3: Cats are crazy about me. The camera work is terrible, too. The action scenes, like, there's that scene towards the end where the karate guy... Sorry, I can't remember his damn name, but, um... Jade! He's fight, His name Jade. is he's Jade. Fi- yeah. Jade. He's fighting those two guys, and it's so zoomed in, I can't even see what he's doing. Mm. Like, it, it's ridiculous. And it's really bad choreography and all that. And then he just... Rips out his eyes or something? I don't know where his (laughs) eyes actually go. Where do his eyes go? They're just, like, missing or something. I don't know. I think he poked them out because you don't see it. No.
2: Like, you just sort of see him go, La, and then the guy's got, like, blood on his face. Yeah. So then him and Pantera... They go to like a country western bar thing and do some dancing and then like these really obvious like people are following them. Like there's these two dudes that you see them in the distance like just point at them. Like whenever they're like they're, they're following Pantera They're following her in the van and like the, the actors inside the van are like Pointing like they're doing these very cartoonish Gestures mm. and then um, They go for coffee with their boss I think the guy's called LG And at this point in the plot it's sort of I mean it was Really obvious to me the whole time but I'm like okay well Salazar is still alive like Picasso Trigger mm. he gets assassinated at the start of the movie But I'm like well of course he's still alive Right but they're trying to make it seem like it's going to be a Surprise yeah Then they go to this restaurant and then those two henchmen guys come to kill them And they just kind of go outside of the restaurant There's just a boat there Travis and and their boss just get in the boat And there's just this really shitty boat chase Where, uh, Mm. wait a second my bad what? If she was a double agent, who were those guys? Why were
3: they trying to kill her? I, it doesn't make any sense. They must have not known she was a double agent, I'm guessing. What? It was a, such a secret, even they didn't know. <laughs> I just realized that now. Makes no sense. They were following her. No, it doesn't. It really doesn't at all.
2: Oh, no. Now this whole thing's just fucking falling apart. Um, look, I, we got we to gotta take a break. We'll be right back. That's excellent news. Don't try to fuck me. Do you live in London? There's a show going on June 17th. Future Sounds. Miami 89. Featuring the musical talents of Future Cup. Morgan Willis, Iverson, and New Arcades. And DJ sets by Patrick Fakeman, Enzo Van Balen, and Space Jams. Now listen, because I'm only going to say this one time. You can get tickets... At future-sounds.uk Slash tickets June 17th Don't try to fuck me
0: Tony. Hello This is God Beyond Synth Is made possible by listeners like you Today I would like to personally acknowledge Tim Carlton Jacob Wick Hugh Hefner Emil,
3: Mr. Magoo Samurai, and Alex Seligson.
2: Thank you. Alright and we're back Uh, The Marco and Andy power hour I'm so frustrated Because I took these notes And I (laughs) want to go through them But this movie I can't stress this enough To the audience This movie does not deserve The notes that I've written Like we could easily Sum this up With just like This movie sucks Yeah it's not bad It's been so long Since we talked That I wanted to make sure I really did watch the film Mm. And and absorb it But it was not worth my time And then 45 minutes Into the movie All of a sudden There's just this Giant title card That just says Friday And big bold Letters. (laughs) So, up until this point, there have been no title cards in this film. (laughs) and then like they just start this thing like fucking towards the end of the movie where it's like there's title cards now mm-hmm. and then every good character is in the same room which is the first time they've ever been in the same room together Yeah. so 45 minutes in is when they discuss the actual plot of the film it takes like that long where they're just like here's the bad guys here's what they're doing so then they finally like sort of explain what's going on with all the bad guys in this movie because there's like 50 of them mm-hmm. and then they each get missions of the good guys like okay you're gonna take out Ortiz you're gonna take out you know this one guy we haven't even seen yet. You're going to take out Miguel. And then they just take out all the bad guys. So it's like the first movie, remember at the end? Yeah. When they were just like, well, we better go kill the the main villain now, and they just drive to his mm-hmm. fucking office and kill him with like no fanfare or anything. <laughs> this movie's like the exact same thing. Where like they've been setting up all of these different bad guys, yep. and then in just a series of montages, they all get killed. And then fucking Donna, did you catch that? Donna has a watch lighter. Yeah, of course I did.
3: And that's how he finds out the clue that it's not really that Salazar, really isn't dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so ridiculous. So this is the scene where they're presented with the the remote control car with the dynamite and the harpoon with dynamite and the fucking uh, yeah. the, the crutches with the that's well he doesn't say what the crutches do at first but then you just find out it's just a gun mm. basically it's just you can load shotgun shells into it and then there's just a pointless scene where we just cut to Edie working out at the gym and then Jade just walks up and takes her top off while she's working out so we just see her tits for a second and then she leaves <laughs> and that's the end of the scene and then it cuts to Saturday that's when it starts this whole series of events of just the bad guys just getting all killed. Mm. So Jade and Edie, they put yellow hard hats on and pretend to be the phone company. Oh, that's so bad. The acting is so bad. And then the whole plan is to go there, pretend they're the phone company, and plant an Uzi behind a plant. That's so bad. So that they can use the Uzi tomorrow when they come back. Is <laughs> like, that what it was? I yeah. was trying
3: to figure out what they were doing. That's like,
2: the like, plan. They, they make any... Yeah, they're like You're leaving right. a gun behind, but then like they give them a whole day to like go and they were so suspicious because they clearly weren't from the phone company. (laughs) Like, it's, like, so stupid. Yeah, Ah! yeah, yeah, it was just terrible.
3: But with the, like, the montage of the assassinations and that... It feels like the first part of the movie is the good
2: guys getting assassinated or attempted
3: to, and then the second part is all the bad guys getting assassinated.
2: And a bunch of really shitty uh, action scenes and some explosions. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people blew up in that second part. Like, there was some funny little moments yeah, here was. and there, but uh, we got to listen to a song before we uh, we talk about them. Right. So, uh, what do you got? Uh, I got a track uh, from Electric Dragon from the album Communion. This is Fire. Fire. <laughs> and that was Fire by Electric Dragon and we're back Marco and I talking about Picasso Trigger and uh, so we got to the part where we're we're killing all the bad guys and this part yeah so there was this the shootout that actually was kind of funny or whatever like where it cuts back to the country western girls patty cakes and the other one and they did the line from the first movie where like, I think it was patty cakes she's like well I'm going to hit the jacuzzi and then like for no reason and then just cuts to those two chicks naked because we hadn't seen them naked yet and so it was important that that get established before we move on. Then we meet the character of Mr. Patterson who's the bad guy that I guess gets women for snuff films or something. I wasn't quite sure how all these bad guys connected with each other but uh, yeah. then they just have a shootout in that shitty set where there's like they were doing the country western dancing. Once they finally decide to kill everybody their plans are just so straightforward where it's just... The girls are just dancing on stage and then just like, okay, you turkeys, freeze. And then just pull out a gun in front of them. No. And then they just start like shooting at each other from like four feet away from each other. Like <laughs> this stupid gunfight. So bad.
1: Okay,
0: you turkeys, freeze.
2: Yeah, then we get to the scene that you were talking about where Jade's, he's, like, fighting those dudes and then just, like, pokes the fucking henchman's eyes out. And then, after he, like, throws Toshi, I guess, was a character we haven't seen until this moment, but he's one of the bad guys. He gets, like, thrown out the window, (laughs) and then the bad guy with no eyes just runs in the room with an Uzi, and he's just, like, kind of shooting all over the place, but he can't see. And I think that's when Edie gets the uzi that they planted and comes in and then shoots that guy <laughs> which i guess is like the fucking resolution of that plan and then hondo hondo and sub-zero then have a dirt bike chase with donna and taryn that's when taryn takes out the fucking uh, the bomb boomerang that's right which was actually pretty funny because like the dummy that flies Shit. in the air when that guy blows up <laughs> was pretty awesome because it just sort of like kind of fell apart in the air <laughs> the end everybody blows up so like all the killing scenes are all fucking <laughs> dynamite related and it always just cuts to this wide shot of like a jeep exploding or a guy exploding right yeah. and there's always like this kind of bad dummy you can see for like a frame before it happens <laughs> like the only time that I did I, the last time I laughed was Taryn goes to the house and is like having a shootout with the guys that she's gonna go take out Ortiz then Donna I guess like snorkeled there for some reason so like Taryn goes there on her bike and then Ortiz just <laughs> drives like kind of like through the wall on a, on his bike to escape, and that that scene was awesome because he drives out and he's like, "Yeah!" <laughs> and then like flies through like the fucking curtain or whatever, and that made me laugh. <laughs> And then she just blows him up. So like every single bad guy gets wrapped up so simply where it's just like, and then he's blown up and this guy's thrown out the window and these guys are shot and this guy gets blown up with a fucking dynamite boomerang. (laughs) And then at this moment, I look, and there's fucking 20 minutes left of the movie. I'm like, oh, fuck me. So this is the part where we reveal, I'm like, okay, well, Salazar is still alive. I actually thought their boss would be in on it. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. But no, they just set
3: up the uh, the good guys to take out the rival faction or the rival gang or whatever. So that, that was
2: a kind of a cool twist, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's probably the only clever thing in the movie, really. <laughs> Then Travis and Pantera just sort of go to this house and he's pretending to walk on crutches because he's got the fucking the the crutch weapon or whatever. And then he just walks in and then just sits down and then Salazar is just there. So like fucking Picasso trigger is just like he's just there and then explains the whole plan. And then while he's talking, Travis Uh is really obviously loading shotgun shells (laughs) into the crutch, but he's not even doing it secretly it's just it's such a weird scene like (laughs) Salazar is just letting him do it what is happening right now like he's so obviously loading a weapon these things aren't crutches clearly but then uh, Salazar presses a button and like this glass comes down from the ceiling that like absorbs the shot (laughs) and then his security cameras Uh have little rockets on them. so weird
0: So like <laughs>
2: That scene was awesome And then uh yeah, then, cool. then we find out That Pantera's bad And then she goes to Stab Travis And then all of a sudden she, That also made me laugh too When she gets the harpoon Through her Yeah Cause like she's about To stab him And then there's just this shot of like The harpoon Like going through her And then like Donna takes her <laughs> out And then There's one scene Where I think I don't know if this Was an actual stunt Or what But you know They go Oh shit We gotta go get Salazar Because he was getting away mm-hmm. And then Travis and Donna Are like running down A grassy hill And then Travis It looks like he just fell Dude And like did a roll But then Tried to play it off Like it was a stunt I looked that
3: up That was a, a,
2: He did fall
3: It was an accident and, they, and the director decided To leave it in there okay. Because it looked so authentic Yeah because I'm like yeah.
2: Dude he just fucking tripped <laughs> Like <it's-> he <laughs> really did Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so then Salazar has another decoy uh, on a hovercraft, and then the real Salazar escapes again, but Travis used his crutches gun thing, and he scanned Salazar's pacemaker in the earlier scene, so then at the end of the movie, they're not even near Salazar, and then they just go, oh, I guess Salazar is still alive, so then Travis just fires a homing rocket from his crutches gun, and the rocket just flies into Salazar, who is in a completely different place, and then he just blows up, and he's dead, and that's like how it gets it's resolved.
3: That scene is so weird, though. Like, Salazar's pretending to be dead. Wouldn't you be a little secretive? Next thing, he's just walking around outside, yeah, just down the road. It's not that <laughs> far away. Like, don't you think somebody might spot you? Like, it's just so strange to me. <laughs> like, that's great. You tricked him, but at least being hiding for a while was... Ah, I fucking know. That's yeah, like, so
2: his, he's got, like, several body doubles, but then just walks around... And then I just he just stands there as this yeah. rocket that looks sort of like a flare, just sort of like flies through the air and just flies into him. Yeah. He's
3: tracking his pacemaker or some fucking shit. I don't know if that's even possible, but yeah. <laughs> well- that's what it is. <laughs> that's how he knows he's still alive, because he checks his crotch and tells him he's got the tracker, and then, and
2: then it tells him that he's still alive because he's got a heartbeat. It's like, I don't fucking know. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, because this is the point where I'm just like, this. well, this was the point. <laughs> This is,
3: uh, not earlier. This, <laughs>
2: <laughs> it sucks because I, I wanted to see more of these, but I feel like if this is like a, a harbinger nah, of what's I'm to come. Done, I'm yeah. done.
3: Let's move on.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, fair enough. Classic. I think I did read that the third one is supposed to be better than this one. Yeah, you're not gonna entice me, man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
3: nice try. Is it the same tits? I mean, is it the same, <laughs> same chicks? <laughs> Uh it is
2: the same tits probably.
3: Oh, well, maybe I'll fast forward through it or something. I mean,
2: yeah, definitely though um I I was I was hoping for it to be better. I mean, worse and better. <laughs> It was a piece of shit, so I guess uh, <laughs> if we're going to give it a rating, I'm going to give it uh Well, how about this? Play me a song, and then I'll give my rating when the <laughs> when the song's over. All right.
3: All right. Well, I got a nice Dark synth track here from uh, no stranger to the show, Carl Casey. He's got a new one out. He's a very prolific producer, and his new album is called White Bat 24. <laughs> yes, he doesn't mess around. Yeah, puts out a lot of music. I know. I know. And the new one that he's got that I really like is called Infamous.
2: And that was Infamous by Carl Casey. And uh, we're back. We just finished talking about Picasso Trigger, and I give it a thumbs down. How about you?
3: Yeah, I give it a big thumbs down thumbs down,
2: yeah. Yeah, there wasn't too much redeeming qualities. I would say some of the people blowing up was kind of funny. Ortiz driving out on his motorbike yelling, yeah, like that was funny. That line about the cat was funny. But that was it. Like nothing compares to that fucking Jeep scene in Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Yeah, like nothing.
3: that was a bit of a struggle to get through. It, it was. I really had to push myself. But yeah, yeah. And it was embarrassing to watch. Well,
2: no through. doubt because I told you to watch the movie and then even I staggeredly watched it over the course of <laughs> like a week we like delayed Mm -hmm. because we were going to record like a few days ago and I just couldn't finish watching it but the problem was I kept on meaning to watch it during the daytime when my kids were at school Mm -hmm. and uh, I just I never got around to it because I was doing other things and once they get home I'm like well I can't watch this movie now because they're home and like (laughs) of course they're going to walk in like because that that, that did actually happen my son walks in and it was right at the scene where Donna was about to have get in the jacuzzi for the first time or whatever Mm -hmm. so I had this pause picture on my screen of like her in her bra it was before she actually got nude And then my son, like, he comes in to tell me something about Zelda, and he's just like, oh yeah, I just found this uh," And he looks at my screen What movie's this? (laughs) And I'm like "Uh, (laughs) Nothing, just some stupid film. He's like, oh And then he's, like, distracted now. Looks good, Dad. Yeah. (laughs) Like, (laughs) anyway. Uh, Classic. So, it's a piece of shit. I just felt bad because I took all these notes, and I'm like, well, I want to discuss these notes, but totally not worth it. I could have... I should have used chat... Hold on. Chat GP? (laughs) I'm going to try something. Okay. I'm going to take my notes, and I'm going to put them into chat GPT, and I'm going to say, condense this down to two sentences, and I'm going to see what it says, all right? Cool. All right. Can you condense this into two sentences. Here we go. In the film, a complex plot unfolds involving numerous characters, secret agents, assassins, and a mysterious (laughs) entity known as Picasso Trigger. The narrative is filled with overcomplicated assassination attempts, undercover operations, unexpected plot twists, and a series of humorous and absurd scenes culminating in the revelation that Picasso Trigger is not only a painting, but also a person, and the final showdown involves a homing rocket targeting Picasso Trigger's pacemaker. That's not bad. Nice, not bad. (laughs) I think it's fun. those things are amazing, man. What they can do, really? Oh, I love ChatGPT. I don't care. I know, like, there's people who are like afraid of the AI, and with good reason. Mm. But uh, ChatGPT is incredibly useful. Like, you still need to make sure what it, what it's saying is correct. But like, for condensing articles, yeah. like if you if you all of a sudden you see like an article and it's like several pages, just to fucking get the gist of it, and then you can go back and then you can ask it questions. Like, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes there's just so many like video game articles that are bullshit, right? Like, you know, the ones where it's just like. Uh, Oh, everything we know about the upcoming fucking Street Fighter. And then instead of reading the whole article, I just fucking throw it in ChatGPT. Did they say any information about the game? No. Okay you know, because half the time it's like, oh, you know when when video game articles, they... Like, oh, it's always clickbait. Yeah, it's always yeah, clickbait, and then when you get there it's like there's no new information. yeah So it's just great, and I also use it to like condense videos as well. Like if I go on YouTube mm. and it's like a shorter video, you can just grab the transcript and then just go tell me what the gist of this video is, and then I can even ask it afterwards. Like, you know if it says, oh, this video discusses uh, why it's great to wear a hat outside or whatever. I'm just like, oh, well, like, what time code do they give hat tips? It's like, oh, that's a two-minute mark. Okay, and then I'll watch it and make <laughs> Sure that that is actually what happens because sometimes Chat GPT can make shit up. Yeah, the new one's better. Like yep. I use a version four. They keep getting, each version gets better and better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's less. There's less mm. in the past few uh, uses I've had. Like there's been no. It's not lied to me. It's not lied to me. Yeah. yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Look, I want to listen to another song, and then maybe we can fucking uh, wrap up. Okay, sounds good. Going along with my uh with my fire theme, I got a track from Celerect. La Dreams. This is Ally's Fire. That was Ali's Fire from Celerect LA Dreams and we're back on the Marco and Andy Power hour. We're catching up. My internet got fixed and it's been nice to chat with you. Me too. Unfortunately we watched a stupid movie, so this, <laughs> this this episode's gonna be really dumb, but uh you know, it's it's nice to chat again. Yeah, it is. It's been it feels like it's been a while, so Yeah. The next time we'll pick a better movie, eh? Yeah, maybe <laughs> I should have a rule now where like if the movie sucks, just not even bother reviewing it cuz yeah maybe I, honestly this is just my my ego because i did all these notes mm-hmm. that's all so, like, I just, I wanted to read them, but then, like, <laughs> when it's all said and done, I'm like, that wasn't worth it at all. Like, I, I think, if the movie's yeah, not really fucking fun, then we're just not gonna do it, we're just not gonna say anything. That's the, that's the lesson we, we learned today.
3: Yeah, I used to have a thing where I, I, I watch a lot of old horror movies, and I would just, even if they're really bad, I would just sit through it, and then it got to the point where some of them are so fucking bad that, no, I will turn it off. Because I feel like I'm losing brain cells sometimes.
2: Well, also, too, I mean, like, we're not getting any younger. That's true, I'd
3: rather spend my time watching something a little bit better I mean I I do like good bad movies if you know what I yeah. mean but they've got to be good like Miami Connection for example that's the perfect example right? yes that's worth watching I mean, yeah if
2: it's fun like there's actually like a lot of entertainment yeah. value this thing was just sort of fucking people walking into rooms and getting into cars and getting out of cars and walking into other rooms and picking up phones and phoning people. It was a lot of that. Maybe I should just do, go, I'll go through the film and do like a little montage of just all the phone hanging ups and pickups and just all that boring shit. Yeah. Because that would be a great video. <laughs> fuck am I talking about? Um, but look, listen. You have a lovely week. Uh, hopefully, the air will gets do. a little better and we'll be less uh, so congested and our throats will be better. Because you're sort of out in the countryside, right? Right. So is yes, it a little correct. better there? Like, is it is it as bad as those no. New York pictures I see? Or do you? Yeah, it's as bad if not worse. Really? Yeah.
3: It's because we're we're on the way to New York. I mean, New York's like three four hours south of here. So we're yeah, it's really bad here. Oh man. Yeah. Well, yeah. that sucks. I mean, I'm not a great photographer, so I can't take those shots. You know, that make it. I swear they put filters on it too, but yeah. It's bad, yeah.
2: Well, you're you're meant to stay inside. I know. It's the same fucking COVID
3: shit. Quarantine and uh, anyway, no. Um I try to stay inside, but uh you know, you
2: gotta go to work and shit like that. That is and, true. Um
3: yeah, but it's it's better now. Look, it is better. But the chocolate
2: so. factory must be ventilated and shit. It is okay. Well, it yeah. is. Yeah. So maybe you get some respite from the smoky air when you're at the chocolate factory and then you get to smell all that chocolate. That's pretty good mate. Yeah. <laughs> all right <laughs> <laughs> Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of respite. Yeah. <laughs> it still, to this day, bugs me that that word is pronounced
3: respite. I always, I always pronounce it re- respite. Now it sounds weird now that you keep
2: saying it like that. Now it feels weird saying it respite. respite. Well,
3: cause it, cause, I guess it is respite. Because
2: yeah. I always said respite, too, because I, this is the thing I used to say. I said this a million times on the show before, but like it was one of my favorite things in Metal Gear Solid. You're fighting Gray Fox, the fucking ninja, cyborg ninja. And he had this cool line of dialogue, and he's like, now I can find respite or whatever and I thought that was cool and then when they did the remake they re-recorded the dialogue and then he pronounced it respite instead mm-hmm. and I remember thinking oh, it sounded so much cooler when he said respite well I think it's in
3: British it's, it, well England and places like that it is respite is it? but I think American yes
2: I just looked it up respite is more of an American thing interesting okay because I want mm-hmm. to say respite I think respite sounds cooler mm. that's how it's spelt in everything yeah yeah you know what? You know
3: which line I always stuck with me I don't know if I told you this before from Metal Gear Solid was at the beginning, the scene with the elevators coming down, and it says, Vulcan Raven, Giant, and Shaman. I don't know why that always... It's just such a weird way to... Anyway, sorry. That game was awesome. It was so good. I get so nostalgic for that era of gaming, particularly game that game. Obviously, a few others, but that one's one of the major ones. It was just so incredible at the time, you know?
2: Yeah. I still think, though, there's a special thing. I was, I'm was. i going to do a video about this. I know we got to go, but, like, because um, I'm playing the new Zelda now. Right. And it is really good. Like, it's a really good game, and it's huge. It's fucking huge Like there's so much to. It's it's a lot bigger And a lot more complex Than I had any idea It would be But But at the same time When I think about it Ocarina of Time Is still like my favorite Zelda of all time Mm. And I've been really Sort of trying to Collect my thoughts About why that is Because I know A lot of people Just go like Oh your favorite Zelda game Is the first one You ever played Like it's all nostalgia Like that's the only reason Mm. You know when people Try to diminish Things you like By saying Oh you only like them Because you watched it As a kid And I'm like No like I truly believe that Ocarina of Time is is like the is game, the greatest yeah. one and maybe I'll I'll save that for another day but I've got my reasons mm-hmm. I've been really thinking about it. Well, we should delve into that. Think about it some
3: more and maybe we will talk about it next time. Yeah,
2: cuz it's like I love like, right. that's that's a topic I'm actually way more interested in than talking about fucking Picasso trigger. I know. <laughs> Me too actually. <laughs> but look, <laughs> you have a lovely day Have fun at work thanks. You know because it's been There's been this huge gap With the show And the episodes have been Delayed and stuff mm-hmm. Maybe we'll record Another power hour soon Okay After this one drops Just to sort of give the audience A few more episodes Sure sounds good And then maybe we'll uh, Chat about that shit then but... Talk a bit more about Video games or something Yeah man year. Cool But listen you take care of yourself And it's nice uh, catching up with you Yeah thanks as always Uh yeah pleasure having Jesus Christ. <laughs> now it's
0: happening
3: uh, to you <laughs> uh, stop it no
1: Beyond Synth Radio is produced by Andy Last check the show notes for more information on the musicians featured on the show Beyond Synth is made possible by listeners like you consider supporting Beyond Synth at patreon.com thanks for listening